Hi everyone, welcome to HubShots episode 219. In this episode, we talk about how to use Service Hub for sales, inserting tracking using a WordPress plugin on HubSpot, and LinkedIn ads retargeting. You're listening to Asia Pacific's number one HubSpot focused podcast where we discuss HubSpot tips tricks and strategies for growing your sales and marketing and service results. My name is Ian Jacob from Search and Be Found and with me is Craig Belly from Zen Systems. How are you, Craig? Oh, I'm well, Ian, but gee, thinking of some of our US listeners, especially on the West Coast, having a tough time with the with the wildfires that have been raging for, well, I guess they're, di- they're hopefully they're dying down a little bit by the time this episode goes live, but some of the footage we've seen of the fires it's just incredible and i guess we can relate to this a little bit Ian, can't we because earlier in the year the start of the year here in australia we had massive bushfires and just some of those scenes of the orange glow from all the dust and that it's pretty eerie and seeing that over there in san francisco and other cities yeah look we're thinking of you guys all right craig on to our growth thought of the week and firstly i've got a shout out for a new listener of ours, Michaela from the Red Tomato team. Hey, Michaela. Hi, Michaela. And thank you for listening. And you know what? I went to Red Tomato and Michaela had actually written down some stuff from this other podcast and I was really impressed. So well done for applying what you're learning. Now, Craig, next week is Inbound 2020. Are you attending virtually? Oh, look, I won't be. I think, as I said last episode, at the time zone doesn't work for me, but I will be looking forward to a few of the product updates from Chris O'Donnell. As partners, we kind of get a little bit of a preview or a taste of what's coming. So there's some exciting things there. Obviously, we can't talk about it on the show until they're publicly available, but they'll be exciting. So the product updates, I will be really keen to yeah see them in detail. All right, listeners, now on to our quick shots of the week. And this week, we've got one about the HubSpot workflow diagram experts. And this is so exciting, Craig, because now you can export a picture of the workflow and share with people so you know what's going on. Well, not only that, but think of all those huge complex workflows we've chatted a little bit about. I think we've chatted about this last episode as well recently. It's kind of this so hard to understand so great that this is rolling out. I've got a screenshot from our portal. We see it in some workflows, but not in others. Here's the kind of confusing thing. And in fact, what I wanted to print out was some of my most complex nurture workflows, but it didn't have this option. So maybe it's on the on the way rolling out, but yeah, very useful. So listeners, it creates an image that you can download and it does say that if it is complex, the resolution is reduced. So just be aware of that. But, you know, this is a great start and I love it. All right. And what's the second one, Craig? All right. Well, just a little update to their reporting or the dashboards grid. Really good. They've just made the grid much more usable, much more granular. It feels like a nine by nine or a nine by 18 kind of grid. So we've got a screenshot. This is from our portal. You can kind of see how I've shrunken some things down and it's great. Remember those reports where you'd have like one number? It's like I take out this huge quarter of the thing. Now they can be small. So really good. The reporting tool is getting so good now, Ian. It's, um, I agree. It's really useful. So definitely go check it out. And our third little quick shot. Have you been following the TikTok malarkey? Oh, yes. Not that anyone that is interested in this won't already know this, but I just thought I'd put it in the show notes to mark this date. When finally, we've, it seems like Oracle is going to be the trusted tech partner. 
the TikTok deal. And yeah, it just all goes downhill from there. So I've got a link for that. So if you're interested in kind of seeing how tech ownership and acquisitions and forced sales just descend into a fast, then yeah, there's a good article there on The Verge to cover it all. All right. On to our HubSpot marketing feature of the week, Craig. And this is using the HubSpot WordPress plugin to insert Facebook and LinkedIn pixels on the site. All right. I'll give you the scenario. Let's say you're, this is probably more for an agency than say marketing managers listening to the show, but you're working with a client for the site. They won't give you access to the site. Okay. For some other reason, the, the web person is overly protective. And then also they don't have Google Tag Manager, but the client wants you to look after all their ads, LinkedIn, Facebook, Google, etc. Uh, so you don't have access to the site, you can't install pixels, you can't do any of that. And so that's a scenario which hopefully is rare, listeners, but in the case that it's not, here's one way to get around it. And you can talk to the, the web person and if it's a WordPress site, which chances are probably will be, uh, you can say, can you just install the HubSpot plugin? And then uh, you connect that to your HubSpot portal. And from your HubSpot portal, you can then insert, well, because the HubSpot portal, you've connected to Facebook and LinkedIn and Google Ads, you can then insert the pixels via HubSpot. So essentially, you've got around this hassle. So the reason you want the pixels, of course, is so that you can track conversions and also do things like retargeting. Got the pixel on there, you can retarget people. So that's um, HubSpot WordPress to the plugin to the rescue for you there. So just a nice little way to get around limitations that you often crop up against, especially if you're an agency. And I tell you what, there's been a lot of updates that plugin recently that I've noticed across customer sites that we're constantly updating it. So keep a lookout for that. Onto our HubSpot sales feature of the week, Craig. And this is something that I've been testing on a customer of ours to use Service Hub Pro. And what we're doing is using the customer satisfaction survey to gain feedback on the inquiry part of the customer experience. I set this up thinking, well, I want to give enough time for somebody to respond from sales. And it's it's not a quick sale. So there's a bit of a conversation that takes place, but five days kind of covered a weekend and was able to get feedback. So create a quick customer service satisfaction survey and so now this gets automatically triggered by a workflow where actually the trigger point is actually the create date and when they inquired and the type of inquiry and then it sends this customer satisfaction survey out and it's really interesting and I'll and I'll tell you a few things but firstly make sure once you've done it make sure you're keeping an eye on it but also there are two reports you can add to your dashboard to see how you're tracking and also what the respondents are saying. And the second part, so here's three things that have been really key for us. It's been a really good feedback mechanism to understand how people are feeling when they're having that first interaction. And it's a good way to catch the holes in the sales process. It also highlights team members that are providing a great customer experience and shows the ones that aren't. And the third thing that it's highlighted to us is if someone hasn't responded in a timely manner back to that person, when this goes out, you will get a response back from them saying, no one ever contacted me, you know, and then it gives you a point to follow up. So these are three key things that has really helped us understand what is going on and improve the process for sales. 
Wow, that's really good. I really like this idea. And so, do you find that this is kind of motivating to the sales team as well? They're kind of like, oh, I better get back back to them because if I don't, potentially going to get a, a bad CSAT. Well, you know, to response. be honest, I, I didn't even tell sales when we implemented this with the, with the general manager. And I've been keeping an eye on it. And what it did enable us to do is when I saw something bad come through, which was for one of those reasons that someone didn't follow up, I was able to jump on it straight away and get them to resolve it. What I have been able to share with the general manager has been great in terms of, I actually said how well the sales team are responding to people and how in a timely manner they're they're following. The feedback has been really good. Like 99% of the time it's been they were knowledgeable, they called me, they were friendly, they answered my questions. And that has been the biggest feedback, which has been, it's been actually really encouraging. And now I'm going to share that with the sales team. All right, onto our HubSpot stumper of the week, Craig. What have we got here? It's got us stumped. But in saying that, I just thought I'd go to inbound.com, click around, see who is speaking. And guess what? I, I clicked the nice... Uh, let's say our little pop-up form that comes, slides in from the top in HubSpot that's talked about coronavirus. And what did I get? I got a page not found. So that's the stumper of the week. I love it. You know, I love that even the best companies like uh, HubSpot get the occasional 404. (laughs) That's right. All right. Now, listeners, this is the HubSpot gotcha of the week. And this is a tip about HubSpot multi-select fields. And I'd like to say thank you to Jen from Toronto, Canada for reaching out to us, A, for connecting with us. She kindly contacted us and said, hey, have you have you had this happen to you? So I'm going to give you a scenario and it hasn't happened to us. So Jen, thank you so much for sharing this. And I hope some listeners out there will find value in it. So here is one that Jen ran into, right? Which could help others. When you have a multi-select field, HubSpot called this multiple checkboxes, If you try a mass update of the field data via the contacts tool, which you can do, you can update multiple fields, you'll end up replacing all of the current values in that field with the one new value. So if you want to wipe out the existing data and replace it, it actually works really well. But if you want to append it to the data that's already there, this is where it gets you in trouble because we're talking about multi checkboxes. So the solution here is to create a list and then run it through a workflow to update the field. In workflows, you have the option to append or replace. It's a little more labor intensive, but it keeps the legacy data intact and allows you to add it, which is the kind of the point of the multi-select field and keep it all there. So Jen, thank you so much. It makes absolute sense. And thanks for sharing. Yeah, that's a really good Gotcha. I hadn't actually realized that. I guess it makes sense now in hindsight because from the contacts list, it is very rudimentary kind of controls. Yep, just replace or just update. I think if that update, when that editing, that mass editing, if it said replace, that'd probably be more helpful than update. I guess it means the same thing. But yeah, nice workaround there. Workflows, look, we, you just use them for everything, don't Absolutely. you? They're so good. They're your best friend, Craig. Now, Craig, tell us the marketing tip of the week. All right. I alluded to this last week in the show, but we ran out of time. Just talking about the LinkedIn sponsored in-mails with retargeting. So I'll give you the scenario, uh, how we use it. I've got a screenshot here of the way we do it. So if people visit our Zen site, we have the LinkedIn pixel, so they get pixeled. And then we retarget to them. So I've got a campaign in LinkedIn 
and I choose in terms of targeting, I'm just choosing that retargeting audience, people that have visited the Zen site and I send them a sponsored in-mail. So it's an email that comes from me via LinkedIn, a LinkedIn in-mail comes from me and I just have a little message there where I kind of say, thanks for visiting. And in the message, we've got a screenshot of it. I just say, look, yes, this is an automated in-mail. I'm not trying to sell you anything. I just thought it might be useful to connect. You might like to try this tip yourself. So that's what I've got. And it's actually reasonably successful. I've actually had um, a new client last week who came, um, they'd visited the site and they contacted me and said, oh, how do you do this? Can you help us do LinkedIn? So it's actually driven a customer, believe it or not. It's a true story. So I just thought I'd mention that. It seems, I haven't seen a lot of it and people do seem to respond to it as if it's quite a novel idea. I think I've had it running for two years or whenever. So yeah, just a little tip, very easy to set up and to try and you might get some results. And I was thinking, and we should probably try it with um, Hubshots. And then if people visit the Hubshot site, we should hit them up on LinkedIn and say, oh, thanks for visiting the Hubshot site. What should we ask them to do? <laughs> Connect, but don't try and sell us something, as we always say. Or tell a friend. We should say if if you – or actually, no, we should point to the subscription options. Correct. You've, you've visited this, the site, go and subscribe on your favorite podcast. Look, my point is there's plenty of ideas, right? There's And it's very simple. And sponsored email is quite economical, I think. I think I'm getting about 23 to 25 cents per um, engagement where people get it in their inbox and look at wow. it. So that's not them actually taking action on it. That's them just seeing it and maybe, yeah, it doesn't mean they actually respond to it. But yeah, look, it's a cheap way to get in front of people with a very targeted message and you can personalize it as I've, I've done in, in this one. So yeah, little tip there. By the way, have you noticed, Ian, that I have a little emoticon in front of my first name yes. on LinkedIn now? I have, have seen, seen that. Do you do this as well? No, I haven't. Yeah, look, the reason I did it, I just wanted to test how many of those automated in-mail messages that I get. So now when people message me on LinkedIn... If it's got high wavy hand crank, I know it's an automated message, just makes it easier to mute and ignore. Whereas if someone actually says hi Craig without the emoticon, I know they've actually made a bit of an effort. So a little bit of uh, uh, hack there and just a way to be more efficient with your, with your LinkedIn basically. Now, Craig, I'm going to ask you, how hard is this to set up if one of our listeners wanted to set this up? It's really easy. Well, I shouldn't say easy. easy for me. It's easy if you've done any kind of LinkedIn advertising. If you're new to LinkedIn advertising, don't even have an account, then you might get a bit lost. But for anyone that's um, done a little bit of work in LinkedIn ads, it's pretty easy. You're just setting up a um, website campaign with an in-mail message ad type. When you start, you can create your campaigns, you can choose message types. So one could be sponsored content, one could be the sidebar, one could be various things. You're talking about an in-mail message ad type, kind of walks you through from there. All right, listeners, on to our insight of the week. And Craig, share with us the insight. Well, not, not really an insight into marketing this week. I just thought this was beautiful and it followed on from our opening where we talked about the wildfires in California. So as you probably know, Ian, and many listeners would know, a lot of the damage started with one fire that was a result of someone setting off some fireworks at a gender reveal party. Did you know this, Ian? No, I had no idea, how people have these gender reveal parties? Uh, I think they're ridiculous. I probably shouldn't say that because, you know, 
It's not very nice. I know a lot of people think it's the most exciting thing ever. Did you have a gender reveal party for your kids, Ian? No. No. Okay. So that's good. Um, so I haven't offended you. That's good. That's good. Anyway, that's what kicked it off. They're having a gender reveal party. They set off some fireworks, either blue or pink, and the fireworks started the fires and thousands, hundreds of thousands of acres of burnt down. Anyway, someone put a tweet on Twitter and they said, and it was Professor Sarah Parker, and she says, instead of blowing up things for a gender reveal party, the parents-to-be should hand out wallets. If there's a dollar inside, it's a boy. If there's 72 cents, it's a girl. All right? So that's the tweet. It got a lot of shares and likes. I just thought that was a, a perfect way to capture a moment and yet highlight a social issue in terms of inequality in a humorous way but was also undeniable. It's just the perfect tweet, I think. It if, is. I, if I look, you know, if I look back on this year, I go, that's one of the perfect tweets in terms of timing and execution. Execution. It's just brilliant. So anyway, that's my insight of the week. Social sentiment captured beautifully. All right. On to our resource of the week, Craig, and something to do with SEO tools. Well, the SEO tools site, it's really good and we've got a link to it and they've just got a bunch of free tools like testing your robots.txt file or fetch and render testing plus a bunch of mobile testing options. So that's a good resource. Check it out. Use it. All right, listeners, on to our quote of the week and this one's from George Bernard Shaw and it says, a life spent making mistakes is not only more honourable but more useful than a life doing nothing. And why I chose that was, Craig, in what we do, we make mistakes all the time. We test and measure lots of things. And don't be afraid to do that. Don't be held back by fear to try something out. I know I see all extremes of this uh, from customers we deal with and clients. And, you know, there are some that are really fearful, like they've got to have everything lined up before they hit the, hit the go button. And then you've got others that are not so thorough and can be the opposite. So you've got to find this nice balance in between, hey, what's important and what is going to get us the goal and what time frame? Because sometimes time is really of the essence. Like you've just got to do what it takes to change and test something or stop something and evaluate why and go again. And that's why I have the quote of the week. I really love this quote and I just want to mention something about our agency. We've just onboarded a new staff member this week. Hi, Miser. Um, shout out to you. It's part of our culture, really. We go through our core values and it's around efficiency and then honesty and integrity. And as part of that, we say it's fine to make mistakes. If you make a mistake, that's fine. I'd much rather you make a mistake and show initiative than play the safe path and not grow. And so that's one of the things that we actually go through in the very first day when people onboard it. It's fine to make mistakes. And part of the reason I've made that part of our core values and really part of our culture is I'm almost preaching to myself because you're probably like me and you probably kind of think, oh, we have this perfectionist mindset Correct. as agency owners. We don't want to make mistakes. We feel foolish. Part of the reason I just kind of speak it is for my own benefit. We've got to push hard. You've got to make mistakes, take initiative and own up to mistakes. You've got to be honest. That's why honesty is part of it. But that's the way you grow. That's the way you actually achieve and make impact. All right, Craig, on to our big shots of the week. I won't go through both of them, but the second one, LinkedIn profile targeting in Bing ads. Did you see this announced? No, I didn't. I was actually excited to see that. 
Yeah, it's just rolling out. And full disclosure, I haven't actually had a chance to test it myself. But quickly, I will explain. Bing ads, Bing search ads, when you're setting them up, very similar to Google ads, if you haven't used Bing ads. But of course, on the Bing search engine, you have certain targeting. But now they've integrated LinkedIn. You can actually pull in LinkedIn audiences to target. So that's things like specific companies or industries or job functions. So imagine that power that it gives you. You want your ads only to appear to, well, certain types of people or job functions. I think this is really quite a powerful addition to Bing Ads. I'm really looking forward to playing with it more. Uh, I've got links in the show notes and also Search Engine Journal has a good walkthrough of how to implement it. Well, listeners, thank you for listening to us. Please connect with us on LinkedIn. Send us a message. Say that you listen to the show, but please follow us on YouTube. Uh, subscribe to our channel. There will be more and more things that we're going to test and try out, Craig. And also, don't be afraid to ask for help. If you need help with anything, please reach out to Craig and myself, and we'll be happy to help you guys no matter where you are in the world. There'll be a time zone somewhere where one of us will be awake. So thank you again for listening. Please share this with one person that you know, and we look forward to seeing you next week. See you later, Craig. Catch you later, Ian. Hey there, thanks for listening to this episode of HubShots. To get the latest show notes, HubSpot tips, and resources, sign up at hubshots.com. You can also book time with us to help you grow better with HubSpot.